black life is not a color, it's a lifestyle on cliffcentral.com. How are you guys doing? Hope you are feeling fantastic because today is another session of black life. I'm so excited today because in the studio with me, I have a young man by the name of Buzwe Mabuza and he is a um, interior decorator and uh, a designer extraordinaire but we're not going to be only talking about interior deco and design and that sort of thing we're going to be talking about business we're going to be talking about life and we're going to be talking about nice life problems if you have any of those nice life problems for example you know you have a little bit of spare cash lying around and you want to redo the house you want to redo the bathroom maybe the bedrooms i know that i want to redo the curtains definitely in my house but apart from that it's not just about redoing the curtains and putting up a couple of paintings so so, without any further ado, let me introduce to you Mr. Buzwe Mabuza. How are you doing, my brother? Very good. How are you doing, Doc? I'm, I'm good, man. It's good to be here with you in the studio on a Thursday morning here on Cliff Central on Black Life, of course. That's the name of the show. Uh, give us a brief background. I, I've known you for a couple of years, and, and I know that... You're a guy with amazing style. You should see him right now. He's This guy is always dressed to the nines, even when he's wearing something simple. You know, it's like he just takes it to another level. Um, is this a lifestyle thing for you? It's just how you are every day, all day. Yeah, man. Um, look, I'm, I'm one of those guys who, you know, every, everybody in the hood, there was something they were known for. Mm-hmm. Some guys were known for for playing soccer. Some guys were known for having the ladies. I was just that guy that was just known for just being dressed up for the sake of being dressed up. Yeah, no, every day, <laughs> just okay. for just you okay. know. I mean, guys would be like, "Dude, you like dressed up even when you dress down, bro." So <laughs> even when you're wearing a my short, when I, or, or, your shorts and and and, and sandals is something interesting, ne? Has to be my man. Look, I've, I've I've always believed in um just being yourself through and through in everything that you do and having. Your identity permeate through everything of your life, you know. So that's something of a branding thing, though. You know, people are, when when we talk about brands, a brand is basically what you're known for. You no, know? no, no, for sure. Um, if you look at BMW, for example, to make an example of that, once again, it's it's a sporty sedan type of car. Um, if you look at McDonald's, it's fast food, served fast and hot. Um, if you look at someone like Michael Jackson, his brand would be every time you see michael jackson perform either at a show or in a music video or anywhere he is michael jackson he's excellence he's gonna dance he's gonna sing he's gonna bring it um you your brand is you're just known for for knowing and and living and being the finer things in life so simply put t um a a brand is a promise given and a promise kept okay meaning that if somebody says um do you know do me show first question they're gonna ask is or what's his claim to fame? Why, yeah. why should I know him? <laughs> and and basically that's that promise that you've given to say, when you engage to make sure this is what you're gonna engage. Yeah. If you engage a BMW, this is what you're gonna experience. If you engage a McDonald's, this is what you're gonna experience. So it's that promise. Do you know what I'm saying? So in a sense, you can end up with a brand by default. And that brand by default can be, um, do you know so and so? Oh, you mean the loose one from the other street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're definitely right in that sense, you know, that um, it's it deciding who you are and being that always. Okay. Now, like you're from Nakasi, you know, and I know there are a lot of stylish guys from Kokasi. I, I grew up in Pretoria. I say Pretoria because people are like, but which Kasi specifically? <laughs> Mami Lodi, Soshanguve, Haranku. I'm from all the Kasis. And there were guys, you know, Kokasi, who like looked good. And, and it's not about spending a lot of money to look good, but we used to say... Uh, 
you know, you can see where that guy, when he gets out the house, he's made sure that, cause there are people who've taken a shower and it doesn't look like they've taken a shower. <laughs> you know, people who are well groomed all the time, they make sure that they comb their hair, uh, they make sure that they're wearing a clean and iron shirt, uh, 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 their, their shoes are polished, that sort of thing. Were you always that kind of guy and why? Definitely, I was I was that kind of guy, man. Um, I think to a degree, it's it's, you know, growing up, I was like I was like a, a little midget. Okay. For some reason, I just got a growth spurt like straight after high school. Okay. But All I was right. like the shortest guy in school. Uh-huh. You know, I never played soccer. I was never a popular person in any way. So mm. the one thing that I could control, in mm. terms of at least my to represent, mm. was just my packaging. Okay. You know, and also right. um, I had a mother who was like, "No child of mine is leaving this house looking otherwise." Yeah, yeah. You ne- know, yeah. so th- that's leg what, leg. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, every single morning going to school. My shoes got polished. It was part of the routine. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's part of the growing up. It's part of the, 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 the structure that you basically were brought up from, if I can say so. Yeah. Okay. So, so it starts there, right? But going into design, going into, the, into interior decorating, those, you know, things are not offered at any school. I don't care how progressive the school is. You don't go to school and then get taught about the history of chairs, for example. You know, the history of tables, um, the different types of tables that there are, uh, and the history of design. It's something that you look at, I suppose, in the world and go, why is this built in this particular way? Why did we choose this particular sofa? Is that what happened with you? Not exactly. Okay. Um, this is the story I went down. Basically, um, I did um, I did technical drawing and woodwork. Ah. Uh, it's cool. And those were, those are the subjects where I was like just showing flames, man. You know. I want to just stop you there because like a lot of people are like, well, you know, when you do those kind of subjects, it means you're one of the special kids. You, you couldn't quite cut it in the normal academic. But actually, you know, it's it's something quite important because. From there, you have created and cut for yourself a niche and you've created a business. Um, and had you maybe been forced to do, you know, your normal, what we call normal, your standard academics, you might not even found that niche. Chief, I actually dropped out, I dropped out of varsity. Yeah. Cause I went and I studied something which. What I, did you study at varsity? Tourism management. Wow. And how that happened was obviously again, coming from the hood, um, you go to a multiracial school and you hear these white kids talking about a gap year after matric. And you're sitting there and you're like, that sounds so cool. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, we've spoken about that on the <laughs> show. And that's interesting because, you know, we, we, we as, I suppose, on Black Life, we have to represent. We don't necessarily, as black people, especially our generation, we didn't get gap years. That, a gap year was you either getting a job or just not having funds to go to university. Yeah, that was just it. Um, you know, and, and I wanted, I wanted to make a deliberate decision to say, I want to take a gap here purely because what I wanted to do after school, I couldn't do. And, um, I wanted to go into mo- motor mechanics design. I wanted okay. to go to a BMW Academy in Germany. Mm. Um, I spoke about it with the old man. Old man said, I got your back. Let's do this, man. Came results. Mm, it wasn't going to happen. Oh, so your results were not, were not, were not cutting it. We're not cutting it, okay. you know? And, and I had to have a backup plan. And my All backup right. plan was, I don't have one. So mm. can I take a year just to think about what I want to do? Okay. Yeah. My mother was like, no ways. But the, the fear of that is always that people at, at that age, when they say they actually want to gap year, it's actually trying to avoid 
any sort of responsibility mm-hmm. and and it does happen where of course. maybe you're not even trying to avoid responsibility but you get used to maybe you get a nice little job nyana somewhere mm-hmm. you start earning your 3500 mm-hmm. and you know back in the day that was a lot of money for sure you start knowing what it's like to buy your own clothes you start opening an edgar's account now and you think life is always going to be like that and you never go back and you never take studying seriously in fact that's what my mother said yeah she said dude you're gonna work and you're not gonna want to see a classroom again of course So that's not happening So mm. you pick whatever you think you want to do And that's the end of and that And just do something I did that I decided oh, I think I like traveling Let me try tourism okay. Only to realize You don't get to travel Instead you admin people who are traveling yeah, yeah, yeah. So midway through the year I said I don't want to do this Okay I said this is not This is not the life that I want mm. I, I, I made it to say I, I kind of You know duck deep to mm. say, Chief, what do you want to do with yourself? And um, I had a, I had, well, I don't know whether you call it a vision or you'd call it a, a backtrack um, yeah. to my standard nine class where we just built up these chess tables and we just varnished them and they're sitting in the sun to dry. Mm. You know, T, I can't explain to you the emotion that I went through thinking back to that because in my mind I said, there is something that I've created with my hands. Yes. I'm capable of creating something. And I made that decision to say, that's the feeling I want to have every day of my life. Yes. And that's how the decision was made to basically go into this industry. But funny enough, at that point, I told all my classmates, I'm like, guys, I'm dropping out of this thing. They were like, okay, so what are you going to do? Mm. I said, uh, I'm going into furniture. Everyone said, oh, you're going to offer elerins. <laughs> and that that's because that's how foreign a concept interior design was. By the way, I'm interior designer, not a decorator. <laughs> Sorry, you see that's that's the thing, right? And, and let's 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 debunk that. Sure. What is the difference between an interior designer and a decorator? Let me tell you a funny uh, industry joke. Basically, yes. architects look down on interior designers. Interior designers look down on decorators. Okay. <laughs> Long story okay. short, architects basically give us the space. Mm-hmm. Interior designers plan the space. Okay. You're with me from a structural point of view. So that's where you get interior architecture. And then interior decorators are more focused on the softs. And by softs, you talk, you're talking the furniture, you're talking textures, you're talking colors, you're talking curtains, you're talking cushions. Okay, so help me out here a little uh-huh. bit. As an interior designer, are you talking about the finishes, the skirtings, mm-hmm. the, the, the type of tiles that should go into that space, the colors, um, the paint, mm-hmm. uh, even the, cause nowadays, even the color of the roof tiling, right? And the type of roof tiling, is that at that level that you're, uh, that we're talking structurally? Should this be wood or should it be concrete? Yes. So there's, there's to a degree a thin line between the input an architect will give and the input an interior designer would give from a structural point of view. Uh-huh. You know, so it takes great, great understanding and appreciating of the other one's capabilities. So basically you work with the architect yes. from the get go. Yes, sir. Ah, oh, this is interesting. Yes, sir. Now. now this gets exciting. Here's a, here's a quick, a quick, a quick analogy of how the whole thing would work. Basically, if you were to take if you were to take a building and turn it upside down, yes, everything that falls is care of the interior decorator. Uh huh. Okay. I you see. <laughs> so everything that stays, that still gives you the theme, still gives you the feel, the style, and that—that's the interior designer. Okay. In reference to your floor, floor finishes, wall finishes, ceilings, that kind of thing. Okay. Um. So, take us through your journey because I want to come back to this. I mean, if people could just 
this is not a visual medium, but if they could just see some of the, the things that I'm seeing in terms of the buildings that you've put together, the homes that you've put together. You've been on top billing a couple of times. You've been in some of the biggest uh, interior decoration and, and home magazines in South Africa. You've been on, on various TV channels, international and local as well, for the work that you do, which is rare because, um, you know, I was on top billing for a long time and... We didn't see a lot of uh, guys that looked like you in the sense that we didn't see a lot of... Uh, let me put it squarely. <laughs> we didn't see a lot of takis, you know, yeah. from Kokasi yeah. who are now putting together these wonderful spaces, whether they're homes, hotels, office spaces, mm-hmm. um, uh, shops, uh, businesses, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's go back because okay. this is important. Yeah. We want to start at the beginning. Sure. You're now remembering your your, your woodwork your, your table that you created Yeah you, You've you just dropped out of tourism Yeah What happens next? Basically what happens next is that um, I, I literally just start doing a bit of due diligence And that due diligence was uh, For one The idea in my head was I wanted to manufacture furniture Okay Okay So I was fortunate to meet a gentleman who I could say to a degree was my first mentor. I was like 17 years old at the time. Okay. Um, so I spoke to this man only to find that, um, at the time he used to work for Bacchus Brothers and, um, I haven't to mention that I'm into furniture. So he had a great interest to say, what do you do? I said, look, I manufacture, I do like, uh, the cabinets in Yanakuka, see, you know, yeah. that kind of thing and whatnot. So he looked at me and the type of person I am and how well packaged I am. He said to me, you shouldn't be manufacturing. So it was a bit of a shocker and a bit of a poke to my dream. I'm saying, but why? He says, yes. you look like a guy that should be selling furniture. Okay. Mm. So that was a, a new concept for me. I'm thinking, hang 10. If I'm, my mind is geared towards manufacturing, what, what, what's in it when it comes to selling? What's so special? Mm, about the mm, selling of mm, furniture mm. And that's how the whole world opened up basically to me Where the concept was sold to me Of how you sell furniture But that was the layman's description Of what an interior designer is Yes, Do you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, Somebody yes. who sells you furniture okay. But in essence, it is a, an individual Who is able to visualize a space mm. And spec what needs to go into that space In order to create the end picture mm, That is required mm, mm. And that depends on a number of elements but it sounds to me like you're, you're the kind of person who always knew what, what you were going to be doing. It's almost like a calling that you have, right? It's, it's not something that you just fell into because, well, you're just good at making tables and you dress nice. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is that in your success that this is more of a calling than just something that you fell into? Um, Dimitri, it's, it's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything in the sense that for one, um, I got a, a number of the elements of my, my being. Permeate through my work mm. For one um, I'm a communicator Before anything else So okay. I'm a person Who tells stories okay. You know Secondly I'm a salesman Among salesmen Okay Do you know what I'm saying I'm yeah. that guy You don't want to Bring into your house Because I'll sell you A whole house full of furniture Okay Do you know Yeah um, And then over and so above that I'm a, you, go lot, you know <laughs> over, and above that, <laughs> over and above that I'm a designer okay. Now when you take All of those elements I basically infuse them into my work Where for one I tell stories with my interiors mm. I don't just design for the sake of uh, We need a couch here Let's poke a couch here You yeah. know what I'm saying I tell a story from the minute You experience the house I just want to understand something Because clearly Someone like you sees the world In a different way to someone like me You you see pictures in everything You you see spaces You know whereas I walk into a room And I just see four walls You like you said You see a space that you can tell a story in mm-hmm. What is it that you can say that you that you know that you see that other people just cannot see. Um, you know, uh, 
one of the things that I, I do, Dimisha, uh, when you when you tell stories, number mm. one, you need to you need an imagination. Okay. You need to be able to draw pictures in your head, and part of my way of drawing pictures, or let me say, the foundation of how I draw my pictures or tell my stories, is firstly with the person that's going to be in that space. Okay. Meaning, well, our philosophy is when we design is what. We, our understanding is that your space is an extension of your personality. Of course. When somebody walks into your space, they shouldn't say "Buzo was here." Mm. When they walk into your space, they should say, "Wow, to me, she like this is so you, da." Yeah. Like I can yeah. just see yeah. you throwing yeah. your feet up here. Okay. I can just see you lounging on the on, on the couch, you know, just yeah. browsing yeah. through chat. Yeah. Like this is you. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. So more than anything, my my signature is not the important thing in the space. Mm. It's actually having the person's identity and the person's personality yeah. permeating throughout that space. But I suppose what I mean by that is, is obviously you see textures, you see colors, mm-hmm. you see fabrics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a simple thing is, you know, I remember dabbling in this design thing because you know in drama you do a bit of design because for stage Mm -hmm. you have to build Mm -hmm. a story that way so the character where they live right Mm -hmm. what kind of Mm -hmm. what kind of space would Mm -hmm. they live in Mm -hmm. and um i see a shirt this shirt for example is a blue shirt Mm -hmm. you might go a little bit further and say well the texture of that shirt there's different Types uh-huh. of textures. There's there's even different materials for for that blue. Like there's there's the tweeds and and you know the the the, the kind of golf shirt you're wearing. It's mm-hmm. not it's not just a golf shirt, yeah. right? It's, it's the material is uh, you know I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> I'm trying to let you <laughs> take over from here. No, you're very right in that. Uh, what I, what what I think uh, in essence saying is I'm able. It's like when you put together a picture. Yeah. A picture is made up of small little pixels. Mm, mm, and mm. it's all those millions of pixels put saying, together right? that give you that picture. In everything, even the cell phone cover, mm-hmm. you 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 are not just seeing plastic. Okay, it's a, it's it's you're even able to say the color specifically. Yes. You're not just it's an orangey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's bluish, hundred percent. You know, um, look, every every small element and small detail makes up the overall story. Do you know okay. what I'm saying? So, yes, you are right. My mind is wired in the in a way that is able to put all of those elements together. Do you know what I'm saying? And find even meaning behind all of those elements. But how did you learn? Um, for example, I mean, okay, you, you can literally go and sit down with a dictionary and learn all the different colors, right? You can go and find a book on materials and learn all the different uh, materials and textiles. For example, the different weaves and so on and so forth, the different kind of leathers. But what was your journey of, of learning that? You know, um, with the background that I had, for example, from a technical drawing background, mm. I understood perspectives. Okay. I understood uh, um, how to draw, how to correlate views, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. Um, with my woodwork background, I have a, I had a I had great insight, or I was well versed in understanding the characteristics around carpentry. Okay, so over and above that, I added um, elements of decor through some of the jobs that I had along the way. Okay. I mean, I started with the Backus brothers, for example, mm. all five brothers, you know, I, I can't even front. They taught me everything I know. Awesome. So you had like a hands-on experience. You had the, the varsity of being with the people who are leaders in, the, in, in this, you know, I suppose you could say worldwide, but definitely in this country, you were sitting with these guys on a day-to-day basis and they were putting it into your head that this particular couch right might be white and cotton but this is it's not the same mm-hmm. this cushion that is not the same as that cushion 
and it's called this because you have to know that you yeah, have to have sure. your own jargon. For sure. I mean, you can't just come in mm-hmm. and just start saying, "No, we're gonna put a cushion that is sort of like furry, mm-hmm. that's got like it's, it's brownish." <laughs> it's gonna be like, okay, guy. You don't know the language. You have mm-hmm. to know the lingo. How mm-hmm. important is it to know the lingo? Because in every industry, the lingo is important to to be seen as an expert. Look, um, one, one thing about design, Dimitri, is that design is communication, mm. and it it you know I often say the difference between art and design is the fact that art is expression. So art, when you see a piece of art, it's merely an expression of what the artist was going through or experiencing at that particular space in time. Okay. So it's open for interpretation. All right. Okay. But when you design, design is communication, design is instruction. Because design is actually a a response to a need. That's what design is. When people need shoes, someone goes and designs shoes. I see. I see what you mean. When people need shelter, someone goes and designs shelter. In fact, it's like a blueprint, right? Design is a blueprint because everything needs to be designed before it's manufactured. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And with what you do, what you're saying is you design a space so that when someone walks into my space, Mm -hmm. they already see me. Uh But the thing is, I mean, I've seen a lot of your spaces that you've designed. I can't see myself lounging in some of those spaces. Some of them look... (laughs) Look so like so well put together and so neat. It's like, dude, get your foot off the couch. Like you can't even relax. You're sitting there <laughs> as if you are ready to, you know, to 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 go into a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, are they comfortable? Very, very. Okay. I mean, I've I've had I've had the 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 privilege of doing some amazing projects, and by amazing projects, what I mean is that. They were not always the same kind of projects where, mm. for example, it was all new money okay. because it was all black clients. Nice. You know? So it wasn't all, all that. I had opportunity to do work for an Afrikaans couple that saw me on top billing one time, called me up and said, come up to Woodbank and do a house. Mm. You know, I mean, that journey on its own was a huge uh, revelation or was a, an education yeah. for me um, in terms of how deep can I dig? Do you okay. know what I'm saying? Here's the thing then. Yeah. How different are we? Um, wow. Like, wow. you know, when you do uh, a black person's house, new money, and, and Afrikaans people in Woodbank. Let me, let me break it to you down yeah, this way. please. You get black people from the hood, you get black people from the north. Two different kettle of fish. Even though they might both be from the hood. Exactly. Okay. But two like different it. kettle of fish purely uh-huh. because of the value system. All right. There are certain things that when you're from the north, for example, the culture is different in terms of how we dance, the music we listen to, what we deem as sophisticated, yes. as classy. Yes. Go to the hood. There's different definitions of those very same things. Uh-huh. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Now, on the same breath, you got white people from the East Rand, you got white people from the South, you got white people from the North. Yeah. Three different kettle of fish. Mm. In the East, it all depends what size four by four you've got. Okay. In the South, it depends what size tattoo you got coming up your neck. Yeah. What size gold chain around your neck? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you driving an E36 BMW? Yeah. Is it yellow? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now in the Are you north? driving an M3 or a C63 AMG? Yeah. Right? You know what I'm and saying? And the funny thing, right? We're gonna just keep keep hang on hang on to that thought, but <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes white people in the south scary because they're too damn gangster. Chief. Like this guy is in his late thirties, mid forties, listening to gangster hip hop, driving a blacked out E sixty three, uh, with tinted windows, wearing baggy jeans, looking like they're gonna shoot you in the face. I think first day of release, uh, um, um, straight out of Compton or sold out at the Glen. Okay. 
<laughs> Mostly white people watching that, right? They were like, yeah, that's our music. We can relate, dog. I used to hang out with Nick Durant a lot. And, oh, and, and, and him oh, and yeah. his people. He's a typical, he's a typical Southie. Yeah. He's yeah. a typical Southern boy. Okay. You uh, know? So, so, so when you decorate for those guys, they want the bling furniture. Of course. You know, it's all about, uh, it's all about show. It's all mm. about, uh, um, um, people gotta know. But don't you find that the black people and the white people in the South are the same? Just as the black people and the white people in the North are kind of similar in their tastes. Not exactly to a degree. To a degree. To yeah? a degree. Okay. So you're, you're gonna explain now the North. Uh huh. Yeah. So now the North. Now, when they take you seriously, first thing they gotta notice is a Mont Blanc on your pocket. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. They need to hear how well traveled you are. They need to understand what publications you read. Mm. They need to understand mm. what TV shows you're reading. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they don't scream out money. They got mm. other ways okay. of letting their money speak. If anything, actually, you might find that that particular couch that you sit on in someone's house in the north doesn't look particularly like wow. Yes, but it's hell of an expensive. Exactly. In comparison, right? See, the, the 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 trick is the North is a lot more conservative. Is it that old money sort of British, uh-huh. uh, European sort of? Mm-hmm. I got money, but you never know how much money I have. Whereas I suppose the South and the East is more American. You know my money because you're sitting on it. Well, when I started doing houses for for white people in the North, I, I, I was acquainted with a term called the wasp. Yes. Which is the white Anglo white Anglo Saxon Protestant. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's like proper old money. That's where right? I grew up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't come here with those uh, nasty things. You need to have yes, a bit yes, of class. Yes. You need to have a bit of heritage. You need to you have a little I mean? bit of legacy. You know? Yeah, so. like 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 uh, uh, they they understand things like. Uh, uh, the old British cabinet makers. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to bring a side table, mm-hmm. you're, you're talking a particular style of side table. They, they, when you're talking a chair, you must say this, I'm going to put an Eames chair in this corner and a Barcelona chair in that one, something like that. The, right? big, the biggest thing, the biggest thing for them is history. Mm. There has to be history. There has to be culture. Okay. But you got to satisfy all your clients. Of course. Right? Of course. And you, you can't look down on anyone's particular style. you just got to satisfy their style. Like oh, you said, you've got to make sure that when someone walks into that home mm-hmm. or that business, mm-hmm. um, it says the story. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you said something very interesting just now. One of the other things I, I do with my work is that I educate. All right. I, I educate and I inspire. Okay. And how, how do I do that is because I also have an understanding that my clients don't know what I know. That's true. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. They they don't understand what influences um, what I do. So before I can even start talking ideas, I first go through a process of education. And that process is, number one, understanding how much they know, how exposed are they okay. into the various different styles that are out there. You know? Okay. When, I've, when I've established that, I know then where do I need to start work from. That's true because, like, you know, we're not in your industry. Mm-hmm. I know furniture from what I see on TV. That's right. Uh, or what I can call decor. And I don't want to like minimize it by just saying furniture. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know what I've seen that I like. Either I've seen it on a TV show, in a movie, or I've seen it in a magazine, mm-hmm. um, or at a furniture shop. I don't even know what it's called half mm-hmm. the time, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just say to you, no man, it's a couch like this, yes, you know? It's yes. that sort of modernish, yeah. sort of old school. It's put in together. And then you must, Kind of go. What the hell is that talking about? <laughs> no, you know. I, uh, funny enough, I had a I had an interesting um, radio interview last week. Uh, where on the show, what they basically were trying to un- unpack or trying to open up is finding out why why is it that black people's houses all look the same? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and yeah, to a that's degree, fair enough. Yeah, to a degree, 
that goes to saying what influences their decisions and and their style and you know what I'm saying. I mean, what 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 is that uh, style of furniture that everyone's parents had in the main lounge when when you've made it? Like, if your parents have made it in the main lounge, you would have it. Um, and it was that old Italian type uh, 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 styled furniture. Um, it, it, it's called ornate. It's very carved. It's yeah, got it's a lot of carving. Right? Either you've got a, a ball and claw, or you've got a lion's yeah, my foot. Parents had or, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And everyone else's parents had it. <laughs> and, and here's the interesting thing: that style of furniture, if you actually look at its um, history, or mm. rather, you look at its value. It's more towards history than anything. Mm. So what would happen is that because obviously as duckies back then we didn't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the north kind of money yeah. or the now kind of money. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was one way of saying this is who we are okay. in this house. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, we yeah. got we got that kind of money. Okay. Do you I follow see, what I'm saying? So that's what influenced why you had to go buy that. Mm. If you said I got a bit of money and I want to make my house look beautiful and I'm sophisticated and I got a bit of culture and a bit of history. Then you'd go get that. So you'd find back in the day to be your Ginn and Richards. Yes. Who are the ones who had um, that okay. kind of furniture? You know, your Tony Factors. But there's a shop specifically in Pretoria that still sells that and they're still doing very well and, they, and it's expensive. It's Ken like, K showroom. I think so. It's, <laughs> it's above your Gene and Richards and all those people. It's, it's, it's like, Ken oh, K. And you're like, it's, qu- it's quite gory. Yeah, it's quite gory. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you buy that in Pretoria, you're like somebody. You know, see, now that goes to branding. Mm. That goes to branding because now branding is also about um, not what you say you are, but what they say okay. you are. I guess the same story with the Bacos brothers, right? There was a time when, as black people, if you could say that, you know, I bought this dining room set of Bacos. <sighs> I'll tell you a very I funny I mean, that was the whole dining, that was the, the dinner experience. I'll tell you a very funny story. I had a client who his whole house was furnished from backers. Mm. He did not want the price tags taken off. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. This guy was on some chief. Watch how you sit on that couch. I think it's from backers, eh? I'm, I'm in serious with you. I'm t- Look, I don't blame him because every time I've walked into that store, right? Um, you know, since I can remember, since my late twenties, it was like my dream, you know, and you go in there till today, you're like, a couch costs so much, you may as well keep the price tag on it because how will they know otherwise? It looks like any other couch, you know, but I need to let you know that, <laughs> dude, this is a hundred thousand rand couch. It's not just a couch. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two funny incidences, uh, um, in essence, um, with regards to myself and Pacos. Mm. Um, how I got hired, um, was basically of how, how I was packaged. Yes. They'd never seen my CV. They've never seen an application form. Nothing. Literally, um, what happened was, it was my dream to be a backers competitor. Mm. Remember, I wanted to go into furniture manufacturing. Okay. At so, seventeen, you were, you yeah, were trying man. to compete. First of all, at seventeen, you knew about Backos Brothers. <laughs> Look, from for where, where are you from? I'm, I'm from Foslo. I'm in the East Rand. From Foslo, you yeah. knew about at seventeen. Yeah, man. How did you know about Backos when? Look, the thing is, um, I, I was that guy who. Whenever I got into anything, I always wanted to know who's the best at it. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I see. Um, because then I could always model myself after that. So you educated yourself. I, I educated myself. All right. So in so doing, one day I decided I'm getting in a cab. I want to go see the Sparkles Brothers. Cause I, that I you've keep, heard about. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I keep hearing about it. I'm like, I'm going, you know? Mm. So I went. And uh, my first experience, like literally I walked in. I was blown Away. I'm talking about the one in Dunkeld, yes, because right? that was a store back then. Chief, I was blown away. When I say blown away, like I felt tears coming down my cheeks, bro. You were like, because oh, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, how in the world am I going to compete with this? This was Nirvana for you, dude. Like, 
wow, you know? Uh. And it was topped off when an old man walked past, and in my mind, I thought that's one of the brothers. So I pounced on him. Mm. I was like, yo, how are you? Right, cool, hey, what's up? Struck conversation. I'm he's like, what do you want? I'm like, are you one of the brothers? He's like, why are you asking? I'm like, I just, I just want to meet the role models, man. Uh. Man looked at me, looked up and down and said, would you like to sell furniture? Do me sure. I, I almost wet my pants, man. Wow. That, that's like you being in that's a, that's a great story. That's though. like you being a township kid wanting to play soccer, meeting Kazam Daung saying you want to play for Kazam Chief. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like walking into uh, I don't know any any studio in high school and saying I've always wanted to be on the show and they're like sure you know here's a mic come in tomorrow and the next day and the next day yeah and I mean and I was like oh wow are you serious he's like yeah um, I was like when can I start he says can you start now I was like no ways I need to go home man I need to go home tell my mother I need to go home tell everybody that yeah I got a job at Backhouse dude man. <laughs> this is a big deal this is not Gene and Richards. You know, I mean, do we should not coma, coma. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I went from literally seeing, you know, you know, it was notorious BHG's birthday, I think, yesterday. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, literally yesterday, I remember saying it was all a dream. I used to read Homeowner magazine. Yeah. Guess what? I've been featured on Homeowner. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Do you mm, know what I'm saying? Just mm. a complete dream. Almost to a degree, you sit there and you're like, really? This is me. Really, really? And how were your first couple of years then? How were, how were your first, let's say, your first year? Uh, were you successful Rather, from let me the get-go? There, there were two things with mm. that experience. One was that I learned so much. I I, just, I sponged everything those mm. guys said to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. But it was also very difficult because, for one, they were very hard. They, they expected, you know what I mean? I but mean, the best mentors are always very hard. For sure. Because... They have to make you realize that actually your dream now, what you were dreaming about to live it is going to take a lot of hard work and perseverance. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, these are old men. Yeah. So they've been doing this for a while. Look, I, I tapped into 35 years of experience. Yeah. You must understand. They're going to cram it in there in a couple of months or weeks, right? You know what I mean? But, you know, I have to be honest enough that I call them my godfathers. Mm. You know, when I talk mm. to them, I say mm. Uncle Bernard, Uncle Norman, yeah. that, because yeah. that that's how they embraced me. Do you know what I'm saying? And I mean, yes, I was killing it. Mm, mm, sure, mm. I was killing it, man. I was there. I was like, the commissions must have been good. Never mind the commissions, my man. You know, I'm talking my client list. Mm. I used to have premiers from all over Limpopo. Whenever they're in Joburg, they come past the shop just to come have coffee with me. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I built such a profile for myself in the industry mm, that mm. when I left, mm. I had a platform. To work on, on Do you know what I'm saying? your own business, right? Do you know what I mean? So that therein is The first part of it is With the beginning of the dream Get something that is a job Work for somebody Get mentor, get mentorship And then build your connections, right? Your networking Be on point um, What made you so different That you could build those connections That other people Because I know there were other salespeople there There were other black salespeople there who probably didn't have the same connections you did. What did you do that was so different? Um, I, I, I listened to my mentors, man. <laughs> yeah. But well, over, over and above that... Um, the people listening right now who want to know. Yeah. Look, um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people's person. And when I say I'm a people's person, I'm talking from a sense that I'm interested in people. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the basis of it. So, so you're not just trying to sell me no, something. You're trying to get no, to no, know no, me. No, you're trying, no. to, you're trying to have it. a conversation with me. That's it. That's it. I'm trying to understand why, why do you like that couch? Why? And you're not trying to sell me the most expensive one. You're trying to sell me the one that's right for me. You might just say, look, 
I know you can afford this and it's not about affordability. I'm going to introduce you to this one because this is more you. And then I, as a customer, can go, you know, I like that mm-hmm. because first of all, you're selling me something that, that over the years I can look back and say, this guy was right. Because it takes time. You know, you get acquainted, you get to know the, 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 the furniture in your space. You get to know your space better. And then you go back and you think, this guy was right. And he didn't even just try and rip me off. To me, it's about value. That's what I sell. Mm. I sell value. Do you know what I'm saying? So I take ideas and I quantify them to value. Do you know what I'm saying? So that is why then in my interest in you, you build confidence to say, you know what? I can trust this guy. Yes. You know, this guy's got my back to a point where whatever proposals I make, you are able to have peace of mind in saying he's not going to go do something that I don't like or that's not about me or that won't resonate with me. Because that confidence has been built. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, my, my business philosophy is that you sound with me, you sound for life. Mm, Purely mm, because mm. Y- the experience I'm going to give you should be second to none. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that is why I've still got clients from backwards days, which is like 12 years ago. Okay. Let's go back to that story about the couple in Woodbank. What did you do for their house? Okay. They're basically what happened is, okay, they saw, I think it was, I think it was my insert in Toppling Home Channel, one of, one of the shows. Anyway, um, called me up and said, listen, um, we'd like you to come through. I remember that, that, that insert for Top Billing was for the house in Danefern Valley. That yeah. Massive, massive house. 1,465 squares under roof, chief. You it, know, it, that, that house is, it just looked amazing. I wanted to be adopted by that family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and for me, that house, I think was a benchmark. And by benchmark, I'm talking from a sense of, it to a degree showed me what I'm capable of. Okay. You know, it's one thing to decorate a 400 square meter house. Mm. You know, it's mm. just got three bedrooms. It's got two lounges, yeah. dining. That's it. You know, now I had this huge canvas mm. house had like six lounges, yeah. six bedrooms, all on suite, indoor pool, cinema, indoor gym. <sighs> I mean, uh, it had a bar that was the size of most people's living rooms. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it, it, it showed me really what I was capable of in reference to really there's no size project I couldn't take on. Mm, mm, Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. So with this couple in, in Whitbank, okay, cool. Call me up. I go out there for a side brief. Number one, hey man, the culture is so different out there. It is. I drove there last weekend and it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, and this is like on a proper farm. Like I had to drive through crops, bruh. To get to the house Alright You know So you were doing a farmhouse I was doing a farmhouse Now I get there I realized that The, the gentleman or the, or the homeowner Was someone who was Actually quite sophisticated And quite well traveled You know mm. They've stayed at the one and only In Cape Town They've uh, been to Europe A couple of times So his taste is not really Your typical He's not a boor He's is, a farmer Exactly Okay so what do you farm Just just out of interest Ah he had beans He had millies He had sheep He had he, and This guy's a millionaire From just beans and sheep Dude Dude, that, get into it's through that exercise that I actually realized how big an industry and how lucrative a, yeah, farming. a, a farming actually is. Yeah. And I realized the whole fuss about the whole bring back the land and everything and what yeah, that yeah. it is we to say the land. Actually, hey guys, you know, money. <laughs> who needs a mine when you got a farm? Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, so now the f- first things first, I had to pull out of my reference point, and my reference point was I had a whole string of black clients. And to a degree, the black clients 
kind of like the same things. Yes, yes, yes. We yes. all just got the money now. Yeah. So everybody wants crystals. Everybody wants modern. Hey, everybody man. wants chrome. Come everybody, us. Do you know what Because I'm, like we got the money now. We exactly. haven't even had a chance to travel yet. For sure. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I've got this Afrikaans family that I have to do at home. Now, the value system is obviously different yes. from my people's. Mm. So, you know, what I appreciated was the fact that they allowed me to be me. They said, listen, we called you because we liked what we saw. Mm. So please do not put yourself in a box. Mm. You know, do mm. not mm. create red tape for yourself, unnecessary red tape for yeah. yourself. So That's very cool, man. just do your thing. So I did my due diligence, sat down with them, had them fill up a lifestyle questionnaire, you know, got into their hair, got to understand the kids, everything. And I mean, it, it first started off as, listen, we'd like to refurbish our main bedroom. Can you come? Mm. Uh, Buzwe being Buzwe ended up doing the whole house. You sold them everything. <laughs> I sold them everything, right? <laughs> That's cool though. Uh, and, and how did you, like what kind of style, if you can like describe it, even to the people who might not understand from your technical terms, what kind of style did they go for? Um, they, they actually, they liked, um, modern, but they wanted it warm. They didn't want it clinical. You know, yes. they didn't want the chrome and the glass and, okay. you know, so they wanted something warm, something rich. So what I did is I went more contemporary. So contemporary is basically your middle way between classical and modern. Nice. So there's a, it's a fusion of elements basically yeah. between the two yeah. types of uh, yeah. styles. Okay, and you and you fill that in a farmhouse. I what kind of farmhouse. what kind of style of of architecture was a farmhouse? Um, it was actually uh, quite a modern house actually. Okay. Uh, by modern, I mean it had you know clean lines. So open it, was plan. it like modern South African, what we call um, like barnyard style or? Yeah, modern. No, it was more vernacular architecture, actually, you know. Okay. Uh, now what do you call exactly. I'm, I'm going Same. to jargon, Same. but for the sake of the listeners, um, look, it, it, it has, it was not a classical house. It was not a modern house. Yes. Okay. Is it, well, in style wise, is what we kind of see at Waterfall Estate, if you're in Joburg, that sort of thing, where it's like modern, but it's not your Tuscan type houses, but South African. It's more based in the land. Yeah, look, to a, de- to a degree, some of these, what you must understand is that as a, as a, as a country, um, as a country as South Africa, we are a, a, a young country. Mm. And when I say young country, I'm talking in terms of our, herit- our heritage. Yeah. You what I'm no, saying? you're right. To a degree, we're, we're a colony of, mm. uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, the Netherlands, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and then we were the colony of, of the British. Uh huh. So, so to a degree, in finding, in finding our identity, you know, you couldn't compare to an Ireland or a Britain that dates back so many yes. thousand years in terms of having an actual identity. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're kind of fresh. So we're still establishing. I mean, when you look at um, um, heritage architecture, for example, in South Africa, you're talking your Herbert Bakers, you know, mm-hmm. which were people who were designing in the in the early nine, uh, early 1900s. Yeah, he designed the Union buildings. The Union by buildings. The way. If you and ever I mean, went to Boys High. He designed uh-huh. Boys High. If you went to TSG. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so that sort of thing. you find to a degree that becomes our early reference point, unless you take it back to the Cape Dutch style architecture. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, so to a degree, yes, we really don't have uh, a, a kind of template or a kind of um, structured identity to say this is South African design. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to come back to the contemporary now, where yeah. you are. Uh-huh. You have created a business that is not only about decor and design, mm-hmm. but also it's uh, about investment mm-hmm. as well as an, an institution. Sorry. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me first, let's start with... Um, the investment side. How do you take 
what you do and make it an investment business and then I want to know about the institution. Um, well, basically, the the investment arm of our business is is a vehicle that allows us um, to influence the world of design beyond spaces. Okay. Okay. So, so in essence, we've got a number of partners um, that we we're in partnership with. Um, that includes uh, Paragon Interiors. That includes uh, the Itel Tower Group. That includes um, Hoi Poloi, who are horticulturists, and then they also do a lot of um, object 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 art. So, um, we've got partnerships with those guys where we. Are involved more towards lifestyle beyond just designing spaces. You follow what I'm saying? So, in terms of um, cutlery, uh, in terms of rug designs, in terms of tile designs, sanitary, that kind of thing. Okay. So, so basically, uh, you facilitate the investment. So, if I say, I've, I've like got a two million bucks burning a hole in my pocket, can you invest it nicely for me? And uh, can I see a return? No, for sure. But exclusive to the to the design space. Yes. Yes. Nice. So most definitely. So I mean, um, we we're in a situation right now where we've basically changed our whole business model. Mm-hmm. So we went from being a, a design company to being in the business of design. Mm-hmm. So that's through the three tiers that we've uh, structured our business on, which, as you said, is interiors, institute, and investment. Okay. So with the with the interiors, it's still you know our core business in reference to you know. Pers- pers- Personalizing spaces or personifying spaces, if mm. I may say, um, and then you've got um, design. Uh, well, the name of the company is called Design Dreams International. Okay. So under Design Dreams International, you've got Design Dreams Interiors, Design Dreams Institute, Design Dreams Investment. Okay. So with the Design Dreams Institute, it's basically our, our educational platform. Where we basically facilitate uh, things like consultations, um, expert opinion, articles. Um, I judge design competitions annually. Um, I get invited to speak on various subjects of design. So that that um, encompasses that. But we have a, a vision within the space of probably um, three to five, well, five to ten years um, to open up a design school. So currently we've got a, a mentorship program that we've put together where basically we invite um, schools from the township every last Friday of the month to give us five of the most creative students. So they get to spend the day in our, in our offices. So they'll spend like a couple of hours with me and then the rest of the day with my staff. And and the whole idea behind that, that is so cool. the whole idea be, besides that was inspired basically by, you know, my, my introduction into the industry where mm. I said to my classmates, I want to go into furniture and the first thing they said was elegance. So there's a lot of these kids out there who, when they think design, they only Uh, think architecture and they only think fashion design. uh, They don't understand that, hey, there's product design, there's interior design, there's lighting design. You know what I'm saying? So all that we're trying to do is establish a platform that can flick their brains. Yeah. Because now, I mean, you know, you go to even studios, uh, uh, sound studios, mm-hmm. and there's design for those as well. Mm-hmm. In terms of just how everything, the machinery, the mm-hmm. equipment, what kind of equipment must be put in, mm-hmm. the colors mm-hmm. of the space to 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 create the the best creativity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 what must be on the walls. Uh-huh. I mean, things like that. Someone has to design. No, for sure. Um, and with our growing um, television and film industry. Uh, art direction What you do You could Jump right into Art directing I mean you could Art direct The next film That I do Set, you know? de- set design Exactly Set design Which is basically I say Okay We're doing a movie uh, It's contemporary It's about This sort of thing Now You must find The spaces And And And, and give me The design You know Because At the moment I think our, our Industry is still Quite, quite young mm-hmm. As well mm-hmm. So when you look at the Oscars and and you see the the, the person who won art di- the best art director at the Oscars and that was for Mad Max, mm-hmm. that person basically 
made drawings mm-hmm. of what the sets mm-hmm. should look like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it, it, it's 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 not just anybody who can do that because mm-hmm. they have to create a world. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at a, a a television show like Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. you know someone has to say these people, old money. Britain at mm-hmm. the turn of the century mm-hmm. what would what would the sets look like uh-huh. when you look at a modern show like uh, there's a new show called Billions yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that about no. this guy who's a billionaire right um or even 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 one like uh, the fixer oh yeah oh yeah you know yeah someone has to design what kind of a house is she going to live in or apartment um although the white house is already the white house uh-huh. there are other spaces there yes um yes what are the, what are the people going to wear uh-huh. that makes them yes when you see this that this person is definitely in, in politics and no it's definitely a case of how how to accentuate the story mm. how to best support the storyline that is is being said so to a degree with the space i have to contribute to the story exactly because because the space tells as much of a story as every other element 100%. of the story 100% because when we're saying our lines mm-hmm. you know uh when I walked onto Scandal uh, recently, my character is supposed to be a property developer and mm-hmm. supposed to have a lot of money, and mm-hmm. it's a soap opera. Um, they have a good budget, but it's obviously not American type of money. Mm-hmm. But still, someone had to go and design yeah. uh, Hector Tebe's office, yeah. as well as Hector Tebe's living space, mm-hmm. and work it within four walls to tell a complete story because we're not seeing the whole house mm-hmm. you know we're not mm-hmm. seeing the entire office. we're just mm-hmm. seeing a piece of the office that's a right. piece of the house yeah and in that piece yeah does that say that this guy is perhaps a billionaire no it definitely has to extend hector hector's character into that space mm. for you to believe that this hector character guy really is mm. that billionaire what do you think is missing when you watch Television shows, South African television shows, and you say this person is supposed to be so and so. Especially when you look at people who are supposed to be moneyed on TV, mm-hmm. and and that's the life that you you live amongst these people until mm-hmm. you do their homes. Mm-hmm. What is it that we're missing when you look at that, or we're, we're getting right even? And you say, you know what, these guys are getting it right because I can see the elements what they're trying to do, and I can see here where they're getting it wrong because if they're just done that or done that. Obviously, it's always budget. Like mm-hmm. someone has to spend mm-hmm. that money, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so maybe you can you can help us out on that one. Um, look, Dimitri, I think to a degree we're still battling with. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a culture that I think we're still battling with in South Africa, and that's a culture of having um, champagne taste with the Oros budget. Do you know what I'm saying? We have not grappled with the idea of putting our money where our passions are, putting yes. our money yes. where, you know, our, our, our craft would be. We try and get the most out of the least that we can put in, yeah. you know? Yeah. So mm. in that sense, mm. that we still got a long road to travel. I mm. mean, for example, you, you walk into our studios, man. I did not spare a cent. Mm. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? It's a, mm. it's a theater of interiors. Mm. You've got a whole experience. Um, mm. Of interior design When you walk through our offices Do you mm. know what I'm saying mm. And mm. and you know I see this through A number of uh, People that walk through Our doors mm. You know Doors Hit the floor mm. Do you know what I'm saying Because in their minds They're saying Are you mad yeah. To go and pour out So much money Into the mm. space But what they don't understand Is the mere fact that I need to tell stories. Yeah. I yeah, need to tell the story yeah, with yeah. this thing. So when I come into your house and I'm saying I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and whatnot, you need to have close reference to what yes. I'm talking about. Because I cannot come and claim to yeah. say I can do one, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I've got no reference point. And I mean, like what you do is, is high end. 
So basically, I, I, although I could come to you and say, listen, man, you know, I, I, I'm, you're just going to have to go to like uh, Corey Craft and see what you can do at Rochester. <laughs> no, no, and we've done that. But, 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 but be that as it may, if you say to me, and I've got the budget, that look, this single seat, th- this, this chair is a 50,000 Rand chair. And I'm like, it's one chair. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to be judging on, but you didn't do that in your space. Uh-huh. So now you're making me spend uh-huh. on this. Anyway, now you're you know what I'm saying. You went to that, uh, you've got a tw- 20, uh, uh, sorry, a 2,000 Rand chair, and you're making me spend on a 50,000 Rand chair. But how important is it like to spend that kind of money? Like, what is the difference between a chair that would probably cost fifty thousand and, and and a chair that would cost maybe ten thousand? That's know? a that's a great question you just asked there. Now, with furniture, um, to me, you pay for what you get. Really? When a couch is five thousand rand, there's a reason why it's five thousand rand. Okay. When a couch is fifty k, there is a reason why it's fifty k. I no no no. Please educate me. Okay. Because sometimes I can be a little bit cheap and All I right. can go no no no. But really, it's a couch. It's a couch. It's a couch. All right. Example. There are there are three elements that factor into any piece of furniture. Okay. Okay. Those elements number one will include um, aesthetics. Yes. Meaning the look, the, the look. design. Is it cutting edge? Is it you know fresh now, just off the press? But you know, you know, hang ten. Yeah. Because you can't judge it just on that alone. I hear you. Okay. And anyone can go look at a picture and, and remake that, right? Uh, Which is mm-hmm. a, what a lot of people will say. Uh-huh. Ah, no, don't worry. Yeah. Go to Bacos and see what you like then. Come, come back to exactly. me. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Then you get um, the, 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 the material. Mm-hmm. Now, materials vary. You get materials for 80 rand a square meter up to materials that can cost up to 12,000 rand a meter. Yes. You know? Yes. Now, just to give you an idea. If it's 12,000 rand a meter for a typical two-seater couch, you need roughly about 16 meters. So multiply. There you go. I so Yo, that, that's the What edda. kind of material is this? <laughs> Fireproof? Bombproof? Well, it all depends. And I say it all depends. For example, you'll for example, get uh, design um, fashion design houses who will go and get into uh, furniture. Oh, and so, you might, so you might get so a now, Versace. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Get, get a Fendi. You go and you get mm-hmm. a... You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So those are the other elements. But obviously, the brand behind the name tells you that Level of quality That you're getting With that material So it doesn't just go To say it's the name mm. It's what you've come to expect It's the promise That you know to expect From that brand But the other thing I mean that's important that What you're talking about now When it just comes to The material side of it Right Cotton is cotton I might think cotton is cotton This is a cotton covered couch But this particular one it might be easier to, to keep clean. It might be easier to clean. And it also will last me for longer. Am I correct? Where you find like with certain, even with leather couches, after like five years, the leather is not the same as the leather when I first bought it. Whereas this other one, the leather is the leather is a leather. Ten years down the line. Look, it, it all boils down to, to the quality of the product and the characteristic of the project. E.g., um, you get what we call... Um, Rubs with with fabrics, and basically that's that that there's a rub test that mm. is done. Where some fabrics, in terms of their hard wearing quality, is determined by how many rubs it can take. So you'll find some can take up to ten thousand rubs, some will take up to sixty five thousand rubs. Oh, so wow. that tells you the range of quality of fabric that you got. So if it's completely El Cheapo, you'll find that around two thousand rubs, that thing is gone in a year's time <laughs> in a year's time so that's where when when you buy you know you've got great quality if in 10 15 years you know you're still looking at the item and it's still looking as fresh as the first day you bought it then the third element comes now with the manufacturing now let me break down to you yes, el cheapo through to the most expensive um with the el cheapo you find that with a couch it's like a car yeah 
your value is not in the rims. It's not in the tinted windows. Your value is what's under the hood. Aha. Uh-huh. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yes. So now how it's manufactured and how it's put together. Mm-hmm. So you find that all cheapies they'll use chipboard for the frame. They'll oh. use nails and uh, screws to put it together and a cold glue and then they'll use rubber straps underneath uh, the seats. For for example with our couches, we use a uh, seasoned pine. Okay. Okay for the frame. So, so already just the materials are more the, expensive. The material, okay. okay, seasoned pine, it's bolted, glued and stapled together. Aha. So the manufacturing process is longer. Oh yeah. It's it's more intense from a reinforcement point of view. Yes. Okay. It's important. Uh-huh. And then underneath the cushions we use steel springs together mm. with rubber steps. Uh, so it doesn't sag as early as the other one uh, would. Okay. I see. Then you find <coughs> Excuse me. Um then you find with your the cushions with, with your with your cushions, with your seat cushion and back cushions, we use high density foam. Mm. That is Decron wrapped. Uh-huh. Before it even goes into the barrack. Oh, okay, I know. <laughs> so when I you understand. compound all of that together, you now are able to say, "Listen, I went and I spent fifty k on this couch just to make it." Fifteen, fifteen, twenty years later, that couch should still be standing. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think I got a great education today about what you do, and I'm I'm really excited about the institute as well and where you're going with it. And I look forward to working with you on my next film. I'm, I'm working on a TV show that I think you'd be perfect for and uh, decorating, uh, or rather doing the art direction for, because I think it's about time that we got to that standard. I want to do a TV show where when people see the show, ne, and they see the standard of the locations that the people, the characters that I say are those people that you that you live and work with every day, they believe it immediately. Yeah. They're like, yeah, okay, I see it. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's it from us. Catch us next week again. Thanks so much, uh, Buzo, for being with us in the studio and all the best, my brother. Pleasure. We're out of here. All right. Black life is not a color, it's a lifestyle on cliffcentral.com.